Welcome to the Double Technical Podcast, everybody. This is your host, Lucas Fryman. I hope everyone had a fantastic week. Sorry for no Monday show. Uh, that's that's my fault. Uh, didn't have a chance to do it and then got sick. And then now I'm doing the Thursday show. So, oh, well, it happens. But you're, yeah, I, I do come bearing a gift. Um, this person has been traveling all across 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 the the continental united states uh bringing music to all of these wonderful well i can't assume the crowd if they're nice people or not but all these people's ears uh, are being graced by this man's music talents uh brian goins is back better than ever how are you doing today sir back from the dead if, if you want to say that because i've been gone for a while so that doesn't mean you were debt <laughs> but it's a it's a good it's a good week all right it's a good week to talk about sports i'll tell you that much because this is a this is a big week it's a new era in uh in cincinnati sports uh dare i say and uh this is a this is a pivotal turning point so i'm excited to uh break it down and get into it all right so we gotta start and this is why we have to have brian on the show is Bengals. we gotta talk about the draft uh, what we think is going to happen. When is the draft? Draft begins on Thursday. All right, so yeah. it lied at the beginning of the show. This will be live Thursday. So sorry yeah, for saying happy the Friday. Big, yeah, the, the, yeah. Draft, day, draft day one is on Thursday. Okay. It's the first and second round. Day two is on Friday. That's going to be the third and fourth. And then five, six, and seven will be on um We'll be on Saturday. All right. So happy Thursday, everyone. Hoping you're having a great Thursday. All right. Uh, (laughs) So here, real quick, uh, before we dive into this, what is your thoughts on, um, I know I didn't even prep you about this, but so far, what do you like about things that are being said about Zach Taylor and coming out of the organization about the draft uh, prior. Are you hearing anything that you're liking and think that um, Zach's really going to make this draft about him, you know, and really kind of mold this team? Uh, I know a lot of players are already talking about how much they love him after um, some workouts and stuff. Just real quick before we dive, talk Zach Taylor. Well, I actually, um, there's a story I read today that, uh, that I think kind of sums up what kind of coach Zach Taylor is going to be. Uh, if you remember, right, right when he had gotten hired, uh, floating around about John Ross potentially being traded, and a story came out today. Uh, I think on Cincy Jungle, maybe it was somewhere else. Um, maybe it was on Bengals Wire, but um, there was a story that came out today that uh, Zach Taylor personally called John Ross before the trade rumors were publicly denied, he personally called John Ross and told John Ross, hey, we're not going to trade you. You're going to be a pivotal part of this offense. So if that tells you anything, it means Zach Taylor wants the players and the coaches to have a good relationship. And he he cares about the camaraderie, not just amongst players in the locker room, but he cares a lot about camaraderie between the coaches and the players. So if that says anything to you, it means that Zach, Zach Taylor is going to be a very team-first kind of guy, and I think he's going to build his roster accordingly. Now, uh, again, before we dive into the draft, I don't want to talk about this from the draft angle because there there are going to be some things we're going to talk about in regards to quarterback. But what are your thoughts about Mike Brown coming out and clearly stating that he has no intention on extending Andy Dalton currently? 
Well, I mean, it kind of falls into what we talked about. Uh, if you recall, when we, when we had the conversation about Marvin Lewis and Marvin Lewis got a two-year contract, if you remember, what we talked about was the uh, Marvin Lewis is getting a two-year contract, and I think it was it was a two a one year with it with the team option. And I don't think that ever got announced, but uh, it was basically you need to prove it to me one year. That way, I can give you the team you want the year after. And I think he's going to do the same thing with Andy Dalton here. Andy Dalton needs to needs to show up and show out this year in order to keep you know continually being the quarterback for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I do dive into a little bit of analysis of that when I get into the draft. Um, I, I, there will be a couple surprises in kind of how I approached uh, the mock drafts. But, uh, yeah, I think I, – I, I don't want to say that Mike Brown is necessarily saying, all right, you have this year to prove it, but I am – I do think that as far as getting a, a good long-term contract, I think the evaluation uh, of the – how much you're going to give Andy Dalton, how long your contract's going to be, I think that's all going to ride on this year. Because obviously Andy Dalton could get hurt – and that would uh, that would um, depreciate his long term value. You don't want to give a guy who's injury prone, you know, especially in his older years, a uh, five year contract. Um, but also, if he comes out and he you know plays MVP caliber quarterback, well, now you want to give that guy five years, and you want to give him a little bit more money, and you want to build your roster around that. So there's a lot of angles to take there, and I think it's just a business decision by Mike Brown overall. All right. So with that all being said. It's time for the draft. Do, 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 do. Hopefully I don't get copyright for that. Um, I don't think so. I don't think they have a recording at ESPN of you singing the draft. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe. When that goes for the number one pick, everyone's going to be shocked. Um, (laughs) Then we're going to have to sue them. We're going to have to sue them because they're using your likeness. Great power play there, Brian. Sue ESPN. (laughs) This podcast will really blow up after that. Um, Or just be terminated because uh, (laughs) I could only imagine how many lawyers they have um, yeah right <laughs> so we're we're on the clock Bengals first round 11th pick overall who are you if you are zach taylor and i don't think mike brown is involved in the selection so let's just go with duke zach tobin. taylor um, duke tobin who duke tobin duke tobin is he, he a part of it well yeah i mean he's a he's the director of player personnel which is basically a fancy way of saying gm without giving him gm money no, well, that sounds like a Mac Brown thing. Um, so, eleventh pick. Who are you taking? Or actually, real quick, who's on your board? Who's your top three candidates that you're going to think about drafting at the spot? And then, who do you take? Okay, so depending on who's available, this is this is the top three that I have. I have Devin White, I have Devin Bush, and I have Dwayne Haskins. Now, if the pick comes down and by some stretch of a miracle that happens, my first selection is going to be Devin White because I think Devin White is going to be a superstar, game-changing linebacker. He can defend the pass. I've, I mean, I've sang his praises since the Senior Bowl. I mean, he's he he he's an amazing um Sideline to sideline linebacker, he can stop the run. He's strong enough to stop the run, um, and he's also quick enough to keep up with tight ends. He's big enough to keep up with tight ends, and if he has to cover a slot receiver running a drag route or something of the sort, or needs to put a big hit on a receiver running a slant, he can absolutely do all of those things. And he's got a great football IQ, so he can eventually become the defensive leader and start, you know, start really playing essentially the quarterback from the linebacker position. <coughs> 
if Devin White is not available, which looks increasingly likely as it seems like linebackers are getting valued very high in this draft, I would rather go Dwayne Haskins. Now let me tell you why. I was about to say, because this, this is a very bold take, just saying, because I feel like Devin White's not going to be there, even though if he is, obviously everyone in the world would scream at their television if we don't take him and he's there. But the fact that you're picking Haskins over Bush is interesting. And explain your reasoning, and then I'm going to have some questions. Well, I think Dwayne Haskins has more of a possibility of being an immediate impact player. Now, you know my disdain for Ohio State quarterbacks in the NFL. You know that. Uh, uh, Terrell Pryor was a failure. Troy Smith was a failure. Braxton Miller's a wide receiver now. You know my, <laughs> you know, you know my disdain for quarterbacks that come from Ohio State that play in the NFL draft. But here's the difference about Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins is a six foot four, two hundred thirty five pound pocket quarterback, and that is a number one, a rare breed in the NFL draft nowadays. I mean, we're talking about Kyler Murray potentially going number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, you don't see – I mean, everybody's making all this big fuss about about these undersized quarterbacks making, making a big sting of it. Dwayne Haskins has a rocket arm, and he's 6'4". He can tower over – not necessarily tower over, but he's tall enough to, to, to read a defense. And, and, I mean, the guy has played for a winning program for a long enough time. Um, you know, I think he's the kind of guy that if you put him under the right mindset, he could become an immediate impact player if, you know, this thing with Andy Dalton doesn't necessarily work out where he doesn't get an extension or if Andy Dalton gets injured and he has to step in. The other play that I have here with Dwayne Haskins is remember that Zach Taylor is a quarterback first kind of coach because he was a quarterback's coach in Los Angeles. He worked with, with Sean McVay to turn Jared Goff into a top five, top 10 quarterback. So, I, I'm not necessarily shedding the fact that Zach Taylor would want a project quarterback. And I think Dwayne Haskins is the perfect guy for that job if he were to be available. All so. right. So there, there's going to be two questions here. Okay. First off, uh, let's say we do take Dwayne Haskins. Um, I, you and I both know that Andy Dalton would be the best mentor any QB could ever have coming into the NFL. Just absolutely because Andy Dalton is not going to be one of those guys to pout and cry. He will. He's not going to Carson Palmer the situation. Exactly. Exactly. He will want to make Dwayne Haskins better and he will take that as a challenge. Um, mm-hmm. Are do you think though, this is a possibility uh, look as a long-term plan, you know, especially with Mike Brown, not coming out and extending Andy. Do you think that Zach Taylor does this as the long-term still using Andy now to build Haskins even though Taylor did come out and say that Andy is his quarterback? Or yeah, absolutely. Do you, do you I, think yeah. he's going to want an immediate challenge? I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to want an immediate challenge. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that in, in that boardroom that Zach Taylor, uh, you know, when Zach Taylor and Mike Brown are meeting, and Duke Tobin, of course, when they're meeting, they're going to talk about the way that they've approached the last two quarterbacks who've been the franchise quarterbacks of the Bengals. If you remember when Carson Palmer got drafted, when he got drafted, he was a Heisman-winning quarterback, and he was 10 times out of 10 better better at being a quarterback and better at leading a team than John Kitna was. Mm-hmm. Remember, John Kitna was the starting quarterback when Carson Palmer got drafted. Mm-hmm. Carson Palmer still sat the bench for a year to develop under John Kitna, and it ended up paying off at least in 2005 and 2009 when the Bengals went to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. We all know how 2005 went, and that was an unfortunate scenario, but Carson Palmer could have potentially been a Super Bowl-caliber quarterback. Definitely. So, and, and, and then you... you 
you re-up on that. So you think, all right, Andy Dalton gets drafted along with A.J. Green in 2011. Uh, we're on the outs of Carson Palmer, so we're still not necessarily having the best time with him. We still have a guy – we still have Bruce Gradkowski playing quarterback. Um, so Carson Palmer sits out. Bruce Gradkowski ends up starting over Andy Dalton. Again, Andy Dalton was a more immediate impact player than Bruce Gradkowski was. But the approach was give him a year to develop, and ended, it ended up overall paying off for Andy Dalton. So I am going to bet money that that is the approach – no matter who they end up drafting at quarterback, because I guarantee you a quarterback gets drafted at least once by the Bengals, and I have a couple plays on that that'll that'll explain my thinking. But I guarantee you, no matter who uh, Zach Taylor drafts at quarterback, they are not going to be in competition to start in the first season. Now, my second question about this spot: Why not Devin Bush over Haskins? Haskins, if Haskins there because I think you can the, – the linebacker depth in this draft is pretty incredible. Um, you could you could get a decent linebacker in the third, fourth, even fifth round in this draft. And if a, if a quarterback who can become a franchise quarterback is available, you take them 10 times out of 10. Even No matter what your team needs are, when you're unless, – unless you have Tom Brady at quarterback, which even now – uh, I would still probably try to draft a franchise quarterback for the Patriots, but think about it. You, if you have like, especially like, say you had a 31 year old Tom Brady, mm-hmm. you know, you're not going to draft a quarterback then. But mm-hmm. we have a 31 year old Andy Dalton who's not necessarily a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Mm-hmm. You need to be prepared for the future, and we don't have necessarily a backup quarterback who's going to hold a candle to you know a young rookie who could make a way bigger impact in the long term. So this is the the idea. Of- drafting quarterback early is not necessarily an immediate impact plan of course but you you want that possibility in case your starting quarterback gets hurt and also it it has you know ramifications over you know three four five years um that you need to take into account um whereas a linebacker especially an undersized linebacker in Devin Bush you don't necessarily know exactly what kind of impact he's going to make right away so this actually made me think of a third question then so is Zach Taylor and Mike Brown and the Bengals organization, do you think they are in a win-now mode, or do you think they're turning a leaf into rebuild? No, I think they're in a win-now mode. Um, I, I think just say that because has- you know a linebacker would be the most immediate need if we need to win now. Of course, but again, you look back if you look back at the depth, you know, especially like we're not necessarily completely depleted on linebackers. Obviously, it's the weakest standpoint, and and you want to give a linebacker who can hold up. But I would rather take a chance on if I'm going to take a chance on a linebacker, I'd rather do it on a on a pick that doesn't necessarily cost us as much. And also, you still have I know that the Bengals historically are not great in free agency. They've been more active in the past couple of years. You still want to take that opportunity uh, in free agency to, to possibly, you know, pick up a couple guys. I know that they've at least picked up one or two linebackers through free agency and we have another round of free agency after the draft. So I'm thinking that the Bengals didn't make any moves at the linebacker position because they wanted to see how the draft would go. I would really hope too that maybe Malik Jefferson, um, does better this year and is able to absolutely. Uh, yeah. And I mean, you still and... have guys, you still have guys who need to prove themselves on the roster, but, but overall, um, unless it's Devin White, I'm not going after a linebacker in the first round. Um, it's interesting, though, that you do say that because that is something that I've been hearing more and more coming out of the Bengals camp. Um, and the thing about Devin Bush is I've actually seen him on like mock draft boards going to us and in uh-huh. other cases going in the second round. So 
He well, he had a he had a really fantastic combine, and I he think did, that which I, helped. I think which I think there's lot. no chance that Devin Bush gets drafted lower. I think his I think his floor is Tennessee at 19. Okay, that's I think Devin Bush's lowest draft point right now is going to be is going to be 19. I, and, that's that's about where I have him. And I'll uh, and I'll circle circle back to that later on in the draft. Uh, your take there. And 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 ultimately, I would draft Devin Bush if Devin White and Dwayne Haskins aren't available. And I'm this is this is an important thing to note. The two things that I want to happen are either Devin White or Dwayne Haskins. The thing I think is most likely to happen is Devin Bush. Okay. And, I, and I'll explain my thought process beyond that. And I know that I've spoken many times about the Bengals potentially trading down, but I, that would be if Devin Bush wasn't getting valued higher than 25, 26. But mm-hmm. now that he's climbed up into the top 20, I'm, I'm not really for trading the 11th pick i am for trading another pick to and I'll, and I'll get there I'm, I'm not necessarily there yet but i am for another trade that I, again this is the most likely scenario that i think is going to happen okay so nothing like picking an osu player over a michigan player um you know <laughs> it it hurts but all right do 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 we're in the second round 42nd pick overall i'm gonna do that every time it's gonna be so annoying um <laughs> Who are we taking in that second round spot? I am going to go. Number one, I'm going to go with Mac Wilson from Alabama. And my, my ideal scenario before the combine was Devin Bush would still be available late in the first round. We would have traded down from the first round, gotten, uh, gotten a later first round pick, gotten another second round pick, and been able to stack up Devin Bush Mac Wilson. But I think right now the most likely scenario is Mac Wilson from Alabama. Um, he's the guy. He's more of a run stopper kind of linebacker. He's not necessarily great uh, in the. He's big and physical. He can stop the run and really hard time stopping running backs who got into the second level uh, in in 2018. And I think the biggest thing right now, um, if if there's a pop after linebacker. Um, who can stop the run, who can make an immediate impact in the middle, especially in a, in a, in a four, three scenario. So here's kind of something where I was ta- uh, want to talk about a potential trade in my eyes. Okay. Um, do we <laughs> take the second round pick? Okay. And uh, let's say maybe three or four of the five, six round picks that we have and try to trade up into the first round to take Devin Bush if we take Dwayne Haskins. It's really funny that you mentioned that because I have this play happening. Okay. And this is, again, the most likely scenario that if Devin Bush falls to the Bengals and we draft Devin Bush, I have the Bengals trading uh, their second and either either, uh, an even later pick, possibly the fourth or fifth, getting back into the first round and drafting Daniel Jones from Duke at quarterback. Ooh. Interesting, and I I think Daniel Jones is a prototypical quarterback who you can develop. I think honestly, if there's any quarterback who's more like Jared or who who's most like Jared Goff in this draft, it's Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. I think he's 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 about six two or so. He's got a decent arm strength. He's an okay decision maker, but he's a guy who has a very very high ceiling. And I think that that's your ideal scenario if you're a quarterback coach getting into a head coach position. Is getting a quarterback you can turn into whatever you want. You know, you want you kind of want a blueprint at quarterback, and 
And I think I, I definitely think Daniel Jones is on the Bengals' radar uh, if he if it's a possibility to draft him. So I would say this, the more I would like Mac Wilson in the second round. But if the Bengals draft Devin Bush in the first, first round, I would not be surprised to see that second round pick get traded so the Bengals can get Daniel Jones. Well, do, would you like the play that I just talked about too, or would you see that a possibility or not likely? If we draft Devin White, I don't see that happening. Um, I it, it would be great. I think I think I like the thought process there, but the likelihood of it happening, I think, um, if you. If if I had to if, if I were to draft Devin White, I would probably have Devin White playing an outside linebacker position. And I still think, you know, if I have Devin White at the outside linebacker position and I want to double up on linebackers, Mac Wilson's gonna be available in the second round. And I'm gonna draft Mac Wilson over Devin Bush as far as the kind of defense I want to run. You want you know, you don't necessarily want all real quick safety like linebackers. You want somebody who's gonna be able to 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 play the middle linebacker position. And I think Mac Wilson's the best guy for the job. What if we take Haskins though? Do we still try we, to trade up and get Bush? I don't think so because it, um, I, 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 I would rather, uh, I would rather keep that pick and try to trade later picks and stack up on linebackers in later rounds rather than try and, and, and put all of our chips in for one linebacker who may or may not be again, Devin Bush is five foot 11. He's undersized. You can't develop an entire linebacking core around an undersized guy. True. Okay, so do 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 do. <laughs> so <laughs> it's so bad. I'm sorry for coughing into the microphone. Um, so third round, seventy second pick overall. Who you got on your board and who are you taking? Titus Howard from Alabama State. Um, I this is another interesting scenario that I have. Okay. This is another this is another trade situation that I'm working out. Okay. I think I think that the pick the Bengals actually had Adredis Howard from Alabama State. He is he will be the best lineman available, I think. Uh, and this is a deep class, so offensive tackle. He needs to take away from Bobby Hart. Or at least give Bobby Hart a reason to play worth a damn. Mm-hmm. Um now scenario that I've worked out. I think the Bengals could trade the fourth round pick and one of the six round picks, or even two of the six round pick, get an early third round pick and take uh, Jashai Pollitt from uh, Florida. Now, if they don't work out a trade and they draft Pollitt over Titus Howard, I know that's confusing. <laughs> I know that's confusing. If there's no if there's no second pick that we can get in the third round. We take a shy pilot from Florida. If we do make that trade, we get Pilot and Howard. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. I, and here's uh, I'll, I'll talk about Pilot over Howard right now. There is no player who's more of a mirror than Carlos Dunlap than Shy Pilot. Even from the college that he went to, he went to Florida. Mm-hmm. Now here's here's how I'll break it down. Pilot was the second best edge rusher in. The SEC behind, obviously, Josh Allen from Kentucky. Yep. The reason he's falling so far down to the third round, though, is that his, his pre-draft workouts were dreadful. And his pre-draft interviews were dreadful. If you remember, in 2010, there was another player who was an edge rusher from Florida who was the most dominant player in the SEC whose pre-workouts were dreadful, and he fell to the late second round. It was Carlos Dunlap. 
I think Shashai Pollock can have the – I mean, and we're talking about even mirror image in size and strength. These guys are front to back. I mean, they're, the only thing that's really a big uh, question mark with him is character concerns. Because you could, you know, his his explosiveness is in question. They thought he might have been lazy during the pre-draft workouts and stuff like that. Um, and I think you take a chance on that with your third round. I think the third round is the best time to take a chance on a player. And I think Jashai Pollitt is a guy who can make an immediate impact in the pass rush game. Do you throw him on the right side with Carlos on the left? Um, no, I, I actually. I actually have him probably backing up Carlos Dunlap, and I have Sam Hubbard or Carl Lawson uh, starting on the right side. Hey, um, uh, we're we're fine with that. You know, they're they're friends of the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, current guests, uh, but yeah, I have I have Sam Hubbard and Carl Lawson uh, but, other side of the edge, and I have Paula back and it was Dunlap. But either way, uh, do you think? This doesn't necessarily uh, a question about who you're taking there, but you firmly believe that the Bengals are going to try to do something with all of these picks this year, right? Yeah, I mean, you have how many? How many six round? We have five, five six, six round, round picks. picks. Yeah, <laughs> that's you can't tell me that some of those aren't set up to be trade bait with at least you know a second or fourth round to try and and and, and double dip somewhere. You can't tell me that that's not happening. So i i i think that the, I think that they're going to try and make a play. I think it's more likely to make a play for the third round than the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's more likely that the Bengals draft Devin Bush and draft Mac Wilson and then try to double dip in the third round. But I wouldn't be mad to see the Daniel Jones situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I i would I would honestly I think I'd rather see the third round trades happen because you're stacking up a, a defense that is just like a couple missing pieces away from being one of the best defenses in the league. Yeah, they, they have to trade up. And I'm with you. Third, fourth round, I mean, do that. You, you don't get that's a lot. That's really where you, you, you get your project players that you can develop into monsters. Exactly. Not Very yeah. few sixth, seventh rounders are you know key players outside of hopefully yeah. Tate this year. Uh, you know, He was the seventh round pick. Hopefully he'll yes. be able to develop into who uh, I and I believe you agreed with me called him uh, potential to be like a Brandon Marshall. Um, exactly. For yes. Us. Yes. So yes, or yes, a Chris yes. Henry in in Bengals comparisons. Um, yes. Yeah. So uh, you could still get those secret ones down there, but definitely mm-hmm. third fourth round is like pr- a primo Bengals territory. That's where we've always found great players lying. Uh, underneath that people didn't uncover um now here is here is my very very wide outside shot with the Bengals because i've seen this guy's name pop up with with the Bengals several times oh um, i don't know if i necessarily want this to happen okay but i will just go ahead and throw the concept out there okay if the first and second round go the way i want them to if devin white and mac wilson are our first two picks uh-huh i would Almost put money on the Bengals drafting Will Greer from West Virginia. It's who's Will Greer? Is that Will Greer? He was West Virginia's starting quarterback. That's um, okay. That's right. He is now. He's older. I think he's like twenty-seven. He's um, not that old. Now he might be twenty-five. He's older. He's yes, older for. College I, I know he's older for college football, but he's not twenty-seven. But I think he's I don't. Like I don't know how old he is. twenty-four. I, I think or twenty-five. 27, I, 
I think 27 popped in my mind because of Chris Wanky from Florida State because I was going to draw comparisons. Ah, okay. Chris Wankin was Chris Wanky was the Heisman winner in 2000 and ended up being a bust in the NFL. Mm. And I I don't know. I think if you're an older college player getting drafted in the league, especially at a position like the quarterback, there's no development that's going to happen there. Yeah, we saw how that worked out for the Browns and Whedon. Exactly. We know we know Will Greer is a quarterback. He's his arm strength has a lot left to be desired, but but I honestly if, if if White and Wilson are the first two draft picks that we have, I, I, I'm seeing Will Greer's name pop up a lot. All right. Now, do, 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 fourth round, pick 110. Who are the Bengals taking? I have, and this is, again, playing off my, this, this is a hypothetical off of the third round trade not happening. So yep, yep. the Bengals taking to all, Shai all of our picks are if the Bengals do absolutely nothing. And then we exactly. also will talk about if we do something. <laughs> exactly. And right now this is this is just flat out. If we have a fourth round pick, I'm going with Oli Udo from Elon. Okay. Um he is I he, I, I think when the projections opened he was set up to be drafted in the sixth round and i think when the combine rolled himself up to a late fourth round pick but i think let's take a chance on him because they'll they'll need an offensive tackle they they desperately need one so i i i think he'll be the best guy available um i think he's a guy that I, he, he's he's quick enough to be able to work the edge and he's he, out there and really make them work um you know we tried that with bobby hart and he failed miserably <laughs> to say the least um, but now that you have basically your established starter if you want to call him that bobby hart you now have the guy you can develop i'm not going to say it's not critical to you know to a five-man offensive line but if you had to talk about, I'd say, in my opinion, the least critical position on the offensive line, it's the right tackle position. And I think that's somewhere you can develop a player, and I think Udo is the perfect player to do that. Okay. Do-do-do-do-do-do. Uh, I hate myself for doing this every time. Um, Give us money, ESPN. Fifth round, uh, 149th pick. If we still have this pick, who are we taking, Brian Goins? I have... Jarrett Stidham, quarterback from Auburn. Wow. I have Jarrett Stidham, and this, again, playing off those hypotheticals, we wouldn't have drafted a quarterback to this point. Unless we drafted Dwayne Haskins, of course, but even if we did draft Dwayne Haskins, I still think we'd draft Jarrett Stidham. Interesting. Uh... Because Jarrett Stidham, is a, Jarrett Stidham is, a, is a large quarterback. He's fast. He's a very athletic quarterback. Um, but he's... Almost, and I'm not going to necessarily draw these comparisons. I'm going to let other people do this, but seeing comparisons to Cam Newton, maybe. Um, not necessarily the same kind of character concerns, but mm-hmm. he's got a strong arm. He's not necessarily the most accurate fellow in the world, but he's athletic and he can stand tall in the pocket and he won't get the crap beat out of him. So he's, again, playing off of the, you know, Zach Taylor wants a project quarterback. He's a guy that you can do that with. All right, now do 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 times <laughs> five because I just want this rapid fire because there's so many picks in the sixth round. So just just give me the names. We'll start with the one eighty third and fin finish with the two hundred and thirteenth pick. 
Who are the five players we need to take in the sixth round, in your opinion, if we keep all of those picks? Ben Burke, Kirvin, outside linebacker from Washington. Okay. Ryquel Armstead, the running back from Temple. We need to replace Mark Walton. Definitely. Derek Beatty, quarterback from Kentucky. I'm almost certain that that pick's going to happen. Another quarterback? Cornerback. Corner. I thought you said quarter. I was like. I might have accidentally said quarterback. <laughs> Derek Beatty, cornerback from Kentucky. Okay. Um, uh, Tyrone Prescott, a uh, guard from North Carolina State. And uh, Terry Buckner, a defensive tackle from Missouri. I was about to say, that name sounded familiar. Yeah. So the idea behind that, quarterback depth, of course, linebacker depth, of course. Um, we need to replace Mark Walton at running back. Um, and, I mean, you want to draft a guard for some line depth. You want somebody who can rotate inside, outside. Trent Prescott can do that. Um, one more name that I've seen that could replace really any of those two names, I'll, I'll give you. Mike Bell, a safety from Fresno State for safety depth. I wouldn't be mad about that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Anthony Johnson, a wide receiver from Buffalo. Don't really need wide receiver depth, but that would be interesting. Uh, I still think that there needs to be competition in the lower tiers of the receiver core. Well, I mean, you know, you're we already know Cody Core is the biggest competition there. <laughs> I guess I don't know how he got the starting job over Auden Tate, but or I guess the roster spot. But that was Marvin but, Lewis's doing, but that's going to change. But I, I, you know, I do think there needs to be some competition amongst you know Cody Core against Auden Tate, um, and eventually you know some guys you can draft there. So that's that's the other mentality I have with that. And then number or seventh round, do 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 do, two hundred twenty third pick. Who are we taking? I'm going. Caden Smith, tight end from Stanford. We we apparently, according to CBS, need a tight end. I don't know why they say that, but that well, would be you a good have pick. A, you have you have a you have a superstar tight end who's made a glass. You have a tight end you don't really know who's gonna you know, if he could be a viable starting target tight end in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be mad to see you know a project tight end behind that. That's my mentality. By the way, just looked at what CBS says that we need. It's very interesting. Tell me if you agree with all these, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, we need quarterback, wide receiver tight ends, offensive line, edge rushers, internal defensive linemen, and linebackers, but the most pressing is offensive line. We apparently just need the whole roster. That's what I CBS. was thinking. We need to fire everyone. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh. policy. No, I disagree with that. I mean, I think I think the most pressing needs are our uh, linebacker. Uh, I think that's priority number one. I think offensive line is priority number two, and I think quarterback's priority number three. All right. So now that you've given all the picks and we talked about some of the trades, I there's just one thing that I'm that I really want to talk just in depth with about the draft because I know Bengals fans and I know social media and everything going awry right now. Can okay, let us say here we are Thursday night. We're at the eleventh pick. We have Devin Bush and Dwayne Haskins on the uh, available, and it's our turn to pick. Okay, and we go Devin Bush. Can you talk down all the crazy people who are going to lose their minds for us not taking Dwayne Haskins? Well, um, yeah. You already have a franchise quarterback who needs to step it up this year. Um, And you also 
beyond that, think about the 2020 gra- draft class. The 2020 draft class is freaking stacked. Stacked. We're talking Jake Fromm from Georgia, who I'm still not necessarily sold on yet. We're talking Tua Tagovailoa. We're talking um, – geez, I already forgot names. Hold on. <laughs> Jaylen Hold on. Hurt. I'm going to – I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give me just a second because that I need to read these names off. Oh my gosh! Well, I, I need. I, to, I, just, I'm telling I, just, you. I just named one, Jalen Hurts. Um, Jalen, yeah, Jalen Hurts, KJ Costello from Stanford, Jacob Eason from Washington, Philippe Franks from Florida. We're talking. I mean, again, I, I, I talked Jake from Justin Herbert from Oregon. Don't even get me started on him. Um, Shea Patterson from Michigan, uh, Nate Stanley from Iowa. I mean, I, I could go on and on and on. It's a gigantic. I mean, this quarterback class is going to be more hyped than the one we just saw. You know, with Josh Rosen, uh, Josh Allen, uh, Baker Mayfield. It's going to be more hype than that. That's a guarantee. That's a firm guarantee. We're going to see an even more hype draft class. And if we, if the Bengals have any inkling of an opportunity to draft Justin Herbert, I want the Bengals to draft Justin Herbert. Holy, I could go on for days about how much I love Justin Herbert, quarterback. But see, if I'm any organization, okay, and I'm thinking about future quarterback um, outside of this draft and next year's draft, I'm tanking for 2021. What is that? Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence? Out of Clemson. I can't put my stock in a quarterback who was good as a freshman. What? Think about quarterbacks. Think about quarterbacks who were studs as freshmen who went and, went into the NFL. You and, literally and just talked studs. about one, Tua. Yeah, that's fine. He's in a stacked draft class. He's not the. He's not. He's by far not even nearly the best quarterback. We're talking about Tim Tebow was a stud as a freshman. How did he work out as a quarterback? Johnny Manziel was a stud as a freshman. How was he as a quarterback in the NFL? Cam Newton was a stud as a freshman. How was he as a quarterback in the NFL? Cam Newton. Uh, Troy Smith was a stud as a freshman. I mean, think about it. Cam Newton's good. Cam Newton was good for a couple years. Cam Newton's falling apart. He's still doing good. He's not. He's not Cam Newton. He, dude. He's, he's not. We're he's talking not two years ago. He w- led the Panthers to fifteen and one. That's fine. Did he win a Super Bowl? No. <laughs> he, there you go. He lost that's to all, Peyton Manning and his Budweiser. Okay. That's all I care about. Yeah, he lost. He lost. He played an abysmal offensive game and against a team that had a. Above average defense and old Peyton Manning uh, that got saved by a bunch of really good wide receivers and just some miraculous plays by cornerbacks. I'm not. I'm not putting a lot of stock in Cam Newton as a win quarterback. I and again. I, I mean, I could run down that list again if you want me to. Quarterbacks who are studs as freshmen are busts in the NFL. That's why I'm not sold on Jake Fromm. Even if they are studs for three years. Yep. Tim Tebow, Johnny Manziel. I could go on. Johnny Johnny though wasn't a stud for the Johnny was a stud his freshman year. No, that that wasn't his freshman year. Or yeah, was, it was. It was. Yeah. It was but yeah, it was a redshirt freshman, but it was he, a freshman year. Then he had an okay sophomore year though. That's still. He was he he was still pegged as, you know, the, the savior of NFL quarterbacks. No, whoever was did that was over-hyped. dumb because we, we knew how much he partied. <laughs> and again, I'm not. And again, I'm not. Like, I, 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 I'll, I'll reiterate again. I'm, I'm not sold on Jake Fromm for the exact same reason that I'm not sold on Trevor Lawrence. The exact same reason I'm not sold on Tua Tagovailoa. If there, are, if there are three quarterbacks I have to pick right now in the 2020 draft class, I am going 
Uh, I am going to go KJ Costello from Stanford, Justin Herbert from Oregon, and uh, Philippe Franks from Florida. No, Jalen Hurts. I'm going to go Jalen Hurts over Philippe Franks. Very, very uh, interesting. I'm just saying, man. Uh, it, 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 I could, I, and you know my, you know my history. You know how I am about quarterbacks. I I'm just, the, I'm, I'm the John Gruden of this podcast. Man. Oh my gosh, no, you're not. <laughs> um, all right. So, anything before the draft that you want to put out there that you, uh, you know, hope happens or you, what you truly think is going to happen, and just any takes that you got before we wrap up this. Uh, I'm officially just going to name this the. NFL draft day special for the Bengals since we've already gone almost an hour. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, I would say my biggest hope is that Devin White somehow falls to the Bengals and that they end up trading up and getting Daniel Jones. That would be my biggest hope is that you get your franchise linebacker. Um, if that doesn't happen, I hope that at least the Bengals draft Devin White and Mac Wilson in the same draft. And that's my biggest hope. And also, every single mock draft, and I told you this, and I'll say this to everybody, every single mock draft I had, and I did like five, every single mock draft I had in the third round had the Bengals drafting Shai Pollitt. So you are sold. those on are my him. biggest three hopes. Devin White, Mac Wilson, and Shai Pollitt. Those are my biggest three. Because I, I, I'm apparently out of my mind, and I just want defense. I don't want anything to do with the offense right now. I just want defense. <laughs> I, I mean, our offense but, I mean, was think about it, it really sense. good. If you think about it, it makes sense. I mean, you just have a couple of missing pieces on the offensive line. You have the receiving core. You are you definitely have at least your top three receivers. You have Tyler Eifert back, who hopefully stays healthy for an entire season. You have CJ Uzama, who turned out to be a stud at tight end. You have two franchise running backs. You know, one who's great out of the passing game, one who's good out of the passing game, but great running tackle there between the tackles. I mean, you just fix the offensive line a little bit, and yeah, I would spend all my draft picks on defense if that was my situation. And then all your free agency money on linemen, right? Yeah, I would I would buy every lineman in the NFL. <laughs> uh, I wish it could have been Andrew Whitworth, but we're dumb. Anyways. It's okay. <sighs> he lost a Super Bowl, unfortunately. I know. I feel so bad for him because if anybody deserved it, it was him. Um, Absolutely. <sighs> well, I'm going to stay optimistic. Um, I will say that's what, no, you're not. <laughs> I never am. I don't think I've ever like looked at a Bengals draft and been like, that was awful. I trust. Uh, Bang- okay. I will say that. I will say it's, it's usually wait until week one to like, yes, to have a meltdown. Shut down the whole season. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think you usually wait until like preseason week four and then you're like, this team's terrible. No, no, <laughs> I understand preseason. Now it, it may be like in, but in the middle of the week before week one, that I have the meltdown, but either way, it'll it'll be week around week one. You know, you know, a lot of people say they're like cautiously optimistic. Yeah, I think I think you're cautiously pessimistic. <laughs> I you're always... like, listen, I think this team's gonna be bad, but I'm gonna love it when they're good. As I say, I'm always I'm always looking at the downside. That way, I'm super happy when it's not. <laughs> what a way to seriously. Live, right? That's what I'm gonna start referring to you as the cautious pessimist. <laughs> I mean, seriously though, I've never had like I I actually trust the Bengals when it comes to drafting. We're one of those few organizations that really do draft well. I mean, we just don't do anything with the picks. Yeah, like 
I mean, we we found, we find hidden talent. We're always able to get people and turn them into the productive players, except for Cedric Wabehi. Um, everything don't else. Don't get me started. I don't even. <laughs> I don't even want to think about him. Apparently, he's good enough to get a three-year deal with the Jaguars. Um, that was the most landmark signing of the entire free agency period. Fontes, who? What in the world? Antonio, who? What was? <laughs> Cedric Wabehi, three years, ten million dollars to the Jaguars. I was very, very close to. Uh, I was very, very close to sending out a tweet, or at least having you send out a tweet on the uh, double technical page of it, saying like most landmark signings of the 2019 season. And it was like one Cedric Abuehi, two Antonio Brown. <laughs> I mean, it's the truth though. Because... Three Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Um... That's seriously like that's like spending all of your money on Chris Winky at quarterback now. <laughs> gosh. Do you, I mean, do you want me to keep? I'm gonna keep going. I I don't even care. Like, I did spending spending any amount of money on Cedric Abuehi, You might as well just like put it in an oil can, Breaking Bad style, and set it on fire. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I apparently, apparently, the Jacksonville Jaguars are very uh, cautiously pessimistic about Nick Foles at quarterback because they're just trying to get him hurt so they can put some faith in a backup quarterback. Hey, I mean, we did the same thing with Bobby Hart, though. I guess so, um, but I mean, like, who's worse? I don't. I don't... Let's, let's play this before we end today's show, uh, just so everyone can join in because this is something every Bengal fan can agree on. Who is worse, Bobby Hart or Cedric Abuehi? Cedric Abuehi. Have you seen him block? He st- he <laughs> no, like sticks but, his and feet, that was the he problem. Like sticks his feet together and. <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> he like stands straight up and sticks his feet together and then just gets bowled over by, you know, some th- third string defensive lineman from the Browns. And it, it, it it's it's embarrassing to watch him play. I mean, I want to kick trash cans whenever Cedric Way <laughs> Don't watch plays Jaguars game then this year. I, I wonder if the Jacksonville Jaguars draft uh, like signed him and then they were like, wait a minute. Isn't who this isn't the guy we found. I was just looking at pic- they're just looking at picture numbers. And they saw like a different sixty eight for a different <laughs> roster. Are you like, telling me it's almost like the NBA where uh they almost traded for the wrong player? Uh it was Yeah. Oh, what was the it was so they both had the same last name, but they wanted the other one. Oh, I, I know you're t- I can't remember who the players that was, uh, I know last name's Brooks, but I can't remember the first name. But I, I you know the other situation would be uh, if Cedric Way shows up to uh, to training camp and he's like wearing number sixty eight, and they're like, "Hey, that's not the number a tight end wears." And he's like, "I'm not a tight end." They're like, well, "Wait a minute, what happened here?" I thought you were <laughs> gonna be problem. like, "Wait a minute, I thought we signed Bobby Hart." The Bengals do Tyler Eifert. This isn't what we signed up for. <laughs> we're supposed to give Tyler Eifert a three year deal, not you. All right, real quick before we end the show, um, the schedule came out. Um, we only have one primetime game. Um, and No shocker there. <laughs> and we do have another game in um, the UK. Uh, r- real quick, I, I kind of put this on uh, uh, Instagram and got a lot of feedback. And it was it was a little bit mixed, but more in the positive. Do you like the Bengals constantly being selected for the UK games or no? Well, yeah. I mean, you're growing the brand. It seems like the I think I think the UK fans are kind of buying into the branding that the Bengals have developed because I think 
I, and I said this before, the Bengals, there's, I don't think there's really any more unique brand than the Bengals. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. orange and black are colors you don't very commonly see in sports, at least for teams that are, you <laughs> Except know. Except in your own division. Well, yeah, but that's orange and white. Okay. Anyway. That's brown. That's brown and orange, the two worst <laughs> colors on the color side. And it's not even a good orange. Don't even get me started on that. It's like a, it's literally like baby poop brown and like breastfed baby poop orange. Oh my God. Like it's not, it's not a good color scheme for the Browns. But beyond that, um, there's orange and black are two are, are a pretty unique color scheme. Um, the stripes are probably a really cool thing for people because that's like the striped helmet is iconic. You know, that's, there's no other team doing anything like that. You have, wings on helmets and then you most other than that it's just logos well i um, will say it's interesting the nfl did a poll uh with uh-huh. nfl fans in the uk and Bengals polled as their favorite team yeah which that makes i sense. was like what <laughs> yeah it's a it's that branding thing i was just talking about like and maybe also like maybe they're just romanticizing about all the Bengals who like got arrested in, like, the late 2000s, and they, like, liked when Pac-Man Jones tried to fight on the field because it was very reminiscent of, like, hockey – or uh, not hockey. This is the U.K. Uh, <laughs> soccer players getting in fights on the field. Like, uh-huh. Maybe they were just thinking that. I don't know. Um, but they, like I, – I think it's I think it's a branding thing overall. Like, I, I don't think there's – the only other team I think that really is holding up branding-wise to the Bengals would probably be – the Rams because of the Ram swirl on the side of the helmets. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, yeah, I just think it's a well-marketed team. Surprisingly enough. So, and the two more things, there's two games on the schedule that I'm going to be concerned about you. And I think that we need a entire game game live stream, just watching your reactions. Um, My reactions. Yes. So Sunday, okay. December 20th, we play the Jaguars. Uh, so, we will be having our defense going against Cedric Obwehi. <laughs> oh man, and dude, yeah, we gotta, I, we gotta do that. We have to live stream the game. So I, I want to see I, you giggle and cackle as Carlos, Sam, Carl Lawson, uh, Gino, and every other fourth stringer gets a sack in that game. I just really, I honestly, here's here's what I want to happen in that scenario. Um, I just want Sam Hubbard to go one-on-one against Cedric Abwehi. That way he can dominate him the entire game, and then we can like text Sam Hubbard and be like, dude, that was really cool for what you did there. We will, definitely. Yeah, like I, that's, that's all I want. Um, yeah, and I also uh, I want I want the Bengals to like at least sack a Super Bowl-winning quarterback three times in one game. Just once in my life. That'll be nice. Luckily... Luckily, there's no higher opportunity than when you play the Jacksonville Jaguars with their new stud lineman, Cedric Wahey. <laughs> and then the other game that I want a full concert stream of you is Sunday, uh, November 17th. Uh, that is versus John Gruden and the Raiders. Uh, oh, man. I just want to see. There's, there's three reasons compounded into why I want to constantly watch you during this game. One, okay. the fact that we're going to be playing against Antonio Brown again. Okay. Two, Vontez Perfect going against the Bengals for the first time. Okay. And three, your love and infatuation with John Gruden. Yeah, man, that's like a win-win situation for me. Like, I love John Gruden so much as a coach. Like, and I, I, listen, you guys can ridicule me all you want, but the moment that John Gruden goes to the playoffs before the Bengals do, I'm going to rub it in everybody's face. Like, 
Uh, John Gruden, listen, John Gruden is to me what Brett Favre is to John Madden. Like, I just... <laughs> He's <laughs> no, John Gruden to you is what every quarterback is to John Gruden. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> that, like, I, really, I really like that guy, man. Like he, he's going to be a great player in this league. Know, I, really I, like I think him. he's going to be a great quarterback, man. Like I think he's really going to do a great job. But... <laughs> Never drafted. Um, but I, but seriously, like I, I, I I'm it's the thing is I'm, that, that week kind of scares me. Because I think John Gruden's just going to have an all-star draft. Like, I really think he is. Did you hear that he already sent home uh, on, uh, like, Wednesday last week? He sent home his entire scouting staff and was like, that's it. You all have done what you want. I'm tired of hearing people's opinions. I only want me and the owner from here on out making the decisions. Yeah, you know why? Because he knows what he's doing. (laughs) He doesn't need a scouting staff. He's his own scouting staff. Uh, okay, and another thing about that Raiders game. I, I have a plus-minus that I want you to bet right now, and I'll go come back to this after we play them. You ready? Yes. The number is plus-minus two, okay? Players okay. that Vontez Perfect injures. Oh, I'm taking the over. <laughs> I'm taking the over every time. Oh, my gosh. Who are going to be the players, though? Hopefully not anybody that's important. No, it's uh, honestly. I think what he's gonna do is he's gonna wait until the Bengals re-sign Cedric Abwehi and just hurt him. Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, um, yeah. Hopefully, it's nobody important. But I, I, I would say that at least a couple guys end up with some stingers because I think I think that actually, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna actually take the under there because I don't think Vontez Burbank is gonna play in the game. Ooh, that's a good probably one. get suspended. <laughs> actually, I was gonna take the under though because Vontez actually. I don't know if you uh, checked out his Instagram and stuff, but he was actually very thankful to Cincinnati and the Bengals. Like, well, that's good. After he found out that you know he got traded and everything, um, he was like, you know, I appreciate the Bengals organization because I probably wouldn't have been in the league because of all my issues, and you know, oh, appreciate the great. fans and everything. So maybe he won't be like that, but he's also. Vibrant. But I'll still take the under because I still don't think he's gonna play. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I really believe that. honestly, I think I think he'll probably get suspended for uh, helmet to helmet contact on Antonio Brown in practice. Oh my gosh, that's okay. That is where I end today's show, <laughs> especially before Brian gets any bright ideas. So, thank you for listening to this special edition uh, Bengals Draft Night podcast. Uh, we'll see with we'll be watching with y'all tonight on what happens. Um, I'm going to have to go back at the beginning of this episode and edit where I said Friday every time and just put Thursday over. I really hope I, Um, I really hope that it's like, welcome to Thursdays. (laughs) That that, that's what's going to happen. So, um, hopefully everyone enjoys this show and then, uh, you'll be able to hear us tomorrow for our regularly scheduled, uh, Friday show, which hopefully We'll feature both Brian and Michael, but that has not been planned yet uh, at the moment of this recording. So we'll find out. So, all right, <laughs> everyone take care. We'll cheer for the Bengals tonight. Any last moment things, Brian, because I know you. Um, so this thing in, with SeatGeek, make yeah. sure you use it on season tickets for the USC Trojans in 2021. <laughs>
when Urban Meyer is the head coach of the SC Trojans. Code double technical people, $20 off your first ticket purchase to watch Urban Meyer take over the Trojans. <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't believe that I endorsed that. All right, you that, gave me the floor, man. I know, I, I, because if I didn't, you would be upset, and I think the fan base would be upset, so... <laughs> I just I had to ensure that that was in there. So we need shirts. We need shirts. I'm working on it. I promise. All right. <laughs> Everyone take care and we'll talk to y'all tomorrow. <laughs>